With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two-Door Cinema Club. Welcome to Good Calls with Dean Blandino, a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Good Calls, episode 36. I'm Dean Blandino, as always, joined by the Caucasian rattlesnake, Travis Hanson. Travis, what's up? That name makes me laugh every time still. What's up, Dean? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And Joe Madrid, Joe, everybody's on location. Everybody's, or they're on, at their own location. Again, social distancing. Joe, Joe is out in uh, Arizona. What's going on, Joe? What's up? Not much, not much. Um, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get started. I'm done with quarantine. I'm, I'm over it. it. I'm tired. I'm over it. I, you know, my nickname is Quarantine, and I think Quarantine is fed up. I, I called, like I said, I called, I keep talking to my Alexa, like it's my girlfriend, and I, I got to get out. So, um, Does Alexa love you back? She, yeah. yeah she's tired I mean, of you. She, you know, like we, like actually, like I snapped at her today. Because I was like, <laughs> I asked her a couple times to play the song, and she didn't get it. And I was like, and I like literally snapped at her, and, and then I apologized, and, and we we kind of made up. Um, I don't like after the podcast. I may we may I may have a glass of wine with her and, and just kind of hang out. I don't know. I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because she knows everything. You know, she she knows everything. She's a know it all. So, I um, what's going on, Travis? What's going on in the world? What NFL schedule? All right. So I didn't watch the NFL schedule release. Did you guys watch it? I, I guess they. Uh, I did. How not. did they present it? Well, what was the whole idea behind the, the release? How would they? How, how did they do it? I'm sure they broke it down into like the conferences and then into like the divisions. And I, I honestly didn't see it. I think it's it's a three hour show, and that's just too much. It's overkill for me. I, I can just look. Yeah. I can just look online and see all the schedules. Like that's three all hours mind. to. Watch. I know yeah. we're starved for sports, but three hours right. to watch. You know, week eight, the Browns are going to play the Jaguars. It, it, one o'clock, like I, I don't know, but but I think a couple of key points. Um, so international series, there will be no games overseas. So all the games are going to be in the U.S. Um, looking at it, obviously there's a, there's a lot of flexibility because we don't know, you know, if the season's going to start on time or we're going to have to push back. Um, 
I think, you know, we're potentially playing into February. Super Bowl is scheduled for February. There's there's a lot of ifs right now. Um, but let, let's assume that the season, you know, is gonna is gonna start on time. Was there any games that that caught your eye that either of you guys that said, Hey, that's gonna be that's gonna be a good matchup? There's a handful of games that, that caught my eye if you want me to start. Like the the first one I, I was thinking that and and I sent you a note that the Fox um executives, you maybe have spoken to them, maybe you haven't. Um they just have to be ecstatic with, with what they got with the week one matchup for America's game of the week. Week one is, is Breeze at at Brady. Saints at Buccaneers yeah. firing up yeah. that uh NFC South battle that uh, that we're all looking forward to. It's it's, uh, it's great. And then also in week one you got the Cowboys coming to town. Hopefully fans can go because I think that would be uh, an amazing game at SoFi opening well, up. That'll be the new stadium. Yeah, Cowboys yeah. Rams new stadium. That was one of the games that I had kind of had my eye on. Hopefully that'll be the, the the stadium will be you know ready. I think it's supposed to be ready on time. But who knows if that's going to be an empty stadium and it just kind of takes the air out of uh, a, a new stadium opening. Um, and but definitely the Cowboys, the one you know, the one Viking Saints on Christmas Day. That's interesting. Obviously, that's 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 been a matchup that has been last right two out of the last three years. The the Vikings have ended the Saints season on the last play of the game, and uh, and so that you know Christmas Day. I don't know who. I'm hoping that's not a Fox game because I it, don't. It is a Fox game. It's a it's a Thursday night football special edition. Because um, Christmas is a Friday this year, so we're I'm thinking Pereira will be at that game. Yeah, he'll be at that game, and we'll uh, we'll be able to spend Christmas at home. We can only um, hope, right? Yeah, so we'll see. You know, the, a couple of a couple of I was looking at a couple of matchups that maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking I'm going back. I'm feeling nostalgic, but but two that jumped out of me were Steelers Cowboys Week Nine because that's just. It's like those two teams have been right. America's team and the Steelers have such a big fan base, and that obviously that's a historic rivalry, even though they're not in in even the same conference. But Steelers Cowboys, to me, I, all I can think of is like the '70s and the '80s, and even into the '90s um, right. with uh, with Steelers Cowboys. Um, and then I remember, you know, Week 15, something like football, 49ers Cowboys. I mean. I remember a time when that was the game, right? 49ers Cowboys was the game in the NFC. You talk about in, you know, the, the late eighties, early nineties when, you know, the Cowboys, you know, when Jimmy Johnson came on board and they got Aikman and Emmett and Michael and the 49ers had Jerry Rice and, and Montana and then Steve Young, that game was the game. Like that was the, you know, that team, if it was the NFC Championship game, that was the Super Bowl. One of those two teams is going to win. It was always right. a big game. Like the uh, games at Candlestick, you think of Steve Young, and it was muddy and sliding through the mud. And, oh, yeah, yeah. You think back. So many great memories of that that matchup. You think back to catch even further back with Dwight Clark. Right. I just remember so many of those. But that's definitely a game. And then, and then this is one I feel like, it's kind of a sneaky. I don't think if you looked at the schedule as a casual fan, you would necessarily this would jump off the page. But but I like this game, Titans Ravens Week Eleven. I mean, I think these these two teams obviously have a chance. The Ravens had the best record um, in in the league last year, and, and obviously fell short in the playoffs to you know the Titans. And I think it's going to be um, Titans are an up and coming team, obviously with. Uh, 
Um, you know, with signing Ryan Tannehill long term, let's see if he can duplicate what he did last year. And uh, I think I think that's going to be a great matchup. You know, I yeah. looked at I was looking at all the Bucks games. You got Bucks Saints. You've got Bucks Chiefs. You know, I'm I'm going home. I'm looking Tom Brady now. Well, yeah, I think everybody's going to kind of lean towards. Obviously, the Bucks are going to be a. I didn't see how many games they got on, on in prime time, but that's a that's a big draw now. Obviously, I was going to ask you um, before before we get to um, this question. Just do you know what's the max um, prime time games a team can have? Is it five? I don't know. I I thought I heard that somewhere. I thought yeah, I heard that somewhere. I, I know each team. I know each team has to have at least one prime time game. Um, but I don't know. I'd have to look and see what the, what the max is. Obviously, you know, teams, I think most teams, if you talk to coaches, you talk to players, they don't like primetime games. I know, you know, from an efficiency standpoint, we never like primetime games. You're sitting around all day. If you're on the East Coast and you have to wait until, you know, an 820 kickoff, um, that's a long time to sit around during mm-hmm. the day. Everybody's, they're creatures of habit. They like that structure. They want to play early Sunday, get the game in, get it over with, and 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 move on. And that's how you know coaches, players, officials, most of them will tell you that. And so playing on prime time. Now there's the other side of everybody gets to see you. You can make kind of a name for yourself. Those types of things. But I would guarantee guys like Tom Brady and 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 superstars in the league. You know they don't need to make a name for themselves. They would probably rather just play at one o'clock on on Sunday. But um, sure. It's, it definitely creates, you know, it creates travel issues and things like that. You're playing, you know, you could have an early game the following week on Sunday and you're playing well into Sunday evening in late, you know, on the East coast, you could be playing until Monday morning. And, uh, and now you got to turn around if it's on the road, that type of thing. It just, it just creates, creates issues with the schedule. Yeah. I mean, I've heard circumstances where teams are getting back at four in the morning, their time after a, after a Monday night game. And, and, you know, you can't have, you have you have Tuesday off maybe, but then you got to get right back to it Wednesday, yeah. and it's a quick turnaround. Um, so I I counted up the primetime games and teams with five primetime games are the Cowboys, 49ers, which those two make sense. They're just a huge draw. Cowboys are so average, but they still have tons of fans and tons of they always do uh, huge ratings. Packers, another team that that has a huge fan base. The Bucks got five times prime yeah. primetime games. Ravens make sense. They they were awesome last year, fourteen and two. The Chiefs, obviously, your returning champions, and then the Patriots also got five. Yeah, that's interesting. I think I think the Patriots still have such. I think everybody's going to tune in to see just how the Patriots do without Brady. You know, it's going to. I think still, so too. There's a, there's a there's definitely you know it's there's a big fan base. Obviously, more more geographical with the Patriots. Obviously, northeast. They've been so good, though. I wonder, I wonder if the Patriots are going to be, you know, in 15, 20 years, they're going to be like the Cowboys or the Steelers from the 70s and the 80s, um, where kids growing up, the Patriots were so good. Even if you lived in, you live in Kansas or you live in Florida, the Patriots were, you, if you're watching NFL postseason, you're watching the Patriots, if you're watching Super Bowls, chances are you're watching the Patriots. And kids grow up that way, and I think you're going to see potentially Patriots fans, kids in there, you know, when they grow up in their 20s and 30s, they're going to be Patriots fans, even though they live all over the country. 
Um, right. But I think, yeah, I think people are definitely going to still tune in. But uh, you know, the Bucks is obvious. If if the Bucks, if Jameis is still on the Bucks and there's no Brady, the <laughs> they're not getting five. You know, they're, they're getting, getting a Thursday night game, games. and that's it. Yeah, and uh, but I am, you know, I think Jameis that's a good spot for him in New Orleans, and I guess he had the LASIK surgery, and and who knows, you know, maybe he could. He's still what he's his fifth year in the league. He he's so he's so young. Um, in yeah. his in his career, Breeze isn't going to be around forever. So maybe maybe he fits and he and he learns some things from Breeze, and maybe he becomes the guy. You know, because he's he's definitely talented. Um, there's I no thought he showed a lot of maturity that. with that with that signing. He's taking a pretty small deal, you know, yeah. respectively, and 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 to go in there and say he wants to learn from two of the best. You know, that's that to me shows he's, he's he needs to learn a little bit more. He he just needs to stop posting workout videos online. <laughs> like he just. How about that, Cam that, Newton's workout videos? Does he even want to play? <laughs> I haven't seen Cam's. What, what was Cam? Oh, he's just got these like beautiful like montages, shot in black and white with slow motion. And is and, he doing like? Is he like the the Rocky Three workout for the first Club or <laughs> Lang fight? Like everything was just like oh cool and nice and. And Mr. T was in like a basement gym somewhere in Chicago doing pull-ups, and 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 Rocky was on his motorcycle with Adrian on the back. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know either. But there's, I was gonna say there's a couple other games that I thought looked awesome. Like you got Week Three Chiefs at Ravens on a Monday night. Yeah, that'll be yeah, that'll be an amazing matchup. I feel like. Well, the Monday night the Monday night slate is 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 really good. And and I think that, you know, people are talking about with the new TV deal and says, you know, is ABC want to get back in the mix and put those games on ABC. And, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Cause the Monday night, and again, talk about Monday night football, you, you're going to have a new crew. I mean, you're going to have a new ESPN that said it's going to be from internal, but you know, Booker McFarland and, and uh, Joe Tessitore will not return. So you're going to have a new, you're going to have a new broadcasting crew. Um, with ESPN Monday Night Football, so it'll be interesting to see who who that is and how that plays out. Yeah, that's uh, that's good to see those guys are out. I I, I didn't like that. That's great. Right. It's great to see guys losing their job. That's nice. <laughs> that's not that's what I good. mean. That's not what I mean. Nah, it's I fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> ready for someone different. I didn't like Booger. I didn't. I didn't think Tessator was the guy for that job. I thought Tessator, a college football guy. Because the, the excitement level is just a little bit too much for me. Like, oh, here's a three-yard game. Can you believe it? Like, yeah, yeah, he's excited. He he does yeah. get excited. But, um, hey, Joe, are you alive? I'm still here. <laughs> just give me, just, okay, thanks. All right, just checking on you. I want to make sure. Not, I'm breathing not, still. Thank you for any, checking in. You, do you have your life alert with you? You know, I just want. I'm <laughs> I'm really enjoying listening to you guys talk about football and and how excited you are about the schedule yeah. coming up and all the days we get to. We work. are and thinking about okay, return to football. What does that look like? I think. You know, the NFL, we talked about, um, right, so Bundesliga, which is the German, the, the top ger- German um, soccer league, that's coming back on May 16th. I know the NFL will probably look at that. And all of these professional sports leagues, everybody's in the same boat. I think the NFL will probably, you know, learn, you know, UFC 249 just went off. You know, it seemed to be, we'll talk about that a little later. It seemed to go off really without without too much problems. You know, one fighter was, was uh, tested tested positive for COVID-19, but I think you're going to see, you know, as these sports start to come back, 
Um, the NFL certainly is going to keep an eye on that and, and, and see what they can learn in certain baseball and, and basketball and hockey, um, who obviously have more, you know, more of a sense of urgency because we're already into their season. And uh, where football, we have the benefit of, uh, you know, a couple more months. Um, and, and so that, you know, I know Travis, you, you told me that the Big Ten, what was it? They extended the, uh, the suspension of OTAs? Yeah, through June 1st, and they'll re- reevaluate at that time. Um, you, you had talked to NCAA doctors this week, right? Yeah. And I know, and there was a quote, NCAA president, Mark Emmert, and, uh, one of the quotes that caught, caught, I think everybody's eye was if the school doesn't reopen, then they're not going to be playing sports. It's that simple. Um, and, and that, and I think that was, yeah, I was part of a call and this is, you know, and the NCAA has a task force and they're, they're monitoring the situation. And I think the NCAA, the return to college sports is going to be a greater challenge than professional sports because like Dr. Emmert said, it starts with, these are students athletes, they're students first. And it, and there will be no return to play from a school that is not, does not have students in class. And, and so you're not going to have a situation, at least as far as I'm aware, you're not going to have a situation where you're going to be able to field a football team if you're not, if you don't have students in school and those kids aren't going to class. And, and so, um, that, that's going to be the key thing. And when you look at the people that, you know, the things that I've heard and, and none of this, none of this is written in stone. It's all still up in the air. But really the four things that they're looking at right now, there's four potential models. And, and the first would be start in September, full season. Okay, that's the first. The second is starting in October, play a full season, but everything is obviously moved moved back. Um, the third would be uh, an, an eight to ten game season, um, and it would be split where you play half the season in the fall, take a break, and then and then the second half in the spring. Okay, and then the fourth would be no season at all. And from the people, the people that I've talked to, okay, okay, the, the, the least likely is one in four. So the least likely okay. is full season starting in September and no season at all. That's the least likely. So then you, you land into the other two and the people again that, I, that I'm hearing most likely right now. And again, this, this could change tomorrow is right. October full season. Um, and everything gets pushed back a little bit. And, and that, and that gives, because when you think about one of the things that these schools are going to have to do is they have to reclimatize their students. And what, and what they're saying is that could take anywhere from four to eight weeks. Okay. So, so basically a, a school would need students on campus and then four to eight weeks before they can start playing sports. And so that, and they think that that would be in that six week period. So, so mm. if you say six weeks and you want to play September 1st, you know, Labor Day weekend, now we're talking about, you know, middle of July where, where you'd have to have students, you know, starting to, you know, get back on campus. So, so that's kind of, that's kind of where they are. Um, you know, one of the things that was interesting is they said, listen, there's, if we wait for zero risk, we won't play sports for two years. And, and so I think everybody, and that's not what they're waiting for. Everybody understands that there's going to be risk. It's how do we minimize that risk? How do we get the testing in place to make sure that the, and it's not just athletes, right? It's not just your student athletes. You've got, you have officials, you have, you have people, it goes down to, you know, 
doctors, people on the sidelines. So one of the things that, that they're talking about is players and um, officials would not have to wear masks, but potentially anybody else that's in the bench area, a doctor, a trainer, uh, a water boy, chain crew potentially would have to wear masks. Mm-hmm. That's something that, that is being discussed. And, and again, testing, when you think about the type of testing that will hopefully be available, there's an antibody test that could take two to three days. And then there's, there's a viral test that they hope that will be something similar to like a pregnancy test where you'll be able to take it and know right away um, and have these tests in place. And when would you start testing um, your athletes and your personnel? When would you start testing officials? Um, how would you do that? There's so much that goes into this. Uh, but again, those are the things that are being discussed and, uh, and, you know, and we'll just kind of see it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a challenge, but I think the biggest thing, and like Dr. Emmerich said, it's, it's not, it's, you won't have sports if you don't have students in school. So we could have, you could have, right. You could have a big 10 schedule and you could have, you know, and, and you could have 11 of the 12 big 10 schools in, in, in classes. And that one school just doesn't play football. And, and that's and doesn't play false sports, and that's a possibility. That's a possibility right now. Well, it makes me think about California and in the, the the legislation here. The government hasn't has hasn't been as lenient as other states like Florida and and some others. Like, what if what if the schools in California are like, oh, we don't the Pac-12 is like, oh, we're not going to play. We don't want it. We don't want to do that. We're, our school our schools aren't going to open. Like. Does, does the Pac-12 just shut down? Do other conferences play without without the other conferences? Is that a possibility? Yeah, you know, it's. I think the thinking now is that they they would want all the conferences to start at the same time, mm-hmm. but there may they may they understand that you may not get every school from every conference because, like you said, what if the restrictions in California? Are, are not eased. And so you have your California schools in the Pac-12, like UCLA and USC and Cal, um, that can't play, but you have, Oregon, you know, you have Oregon State. and you have yeah. Utah and you have Washington and you have Arizona and Arizona State that still can play. All of these things are going to be, are going to be factors. And, uh, that's why the college landscape is going to be much more difficult to navigate than professionally. And, uh, and then again, it's going to be really interesting to see how that, how it all plays out. Yeah. It's, all right. it's crazy. That is interesting. I'm in, Let's, I'm in Arizona and like the restaurants are open today. You could actually go sit in a restaurant and have a meal. Yeah. Which is pretty wild. I'm actually so. dying to do that. And I, and I, uh, I'm dying to go. There's so many good restaurants in LA and Santa Monica and, and, and on the West side and, and and I'm I'm just worried, you know. And obviously, just so so many people are, are affected by this. How many of these restaurants are not going to open ever again? You know, when this that I think about that all know, the time. You know how how many I think about walking down the the promenade here in Santa Monica when everything does start to reopen, and some that you just say, "Hey, that place didn't open back up." And and it's just it's sad. It's really sad. And obviously, there's um you know there's so many layers to this that are that are. It's tragic, but um, yeah, you know, especially on the promenade. I mean, that's not cheap rent. You can't miss a day. No, no, no. And and so I don't. Yeah, I don't know what uh, what the future holds, but hopefully we'll uh, we'll get back to some normalcy soon. Um, all right, let's take a break. When we come back. 
We'll talk UFC 249 in more detail, and Travis will give us a breakdown on some other events that are coming up next on Good Call. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we're back. I'm good call. I'm Dean Blandino. So we were talking about before the break, sports that may return and when, speculating when they would return. One sport that did come back, it came back in a big way, the UFC. And this has been a journey. Um, we have talked about the UFC and I know Dana White, and this has been, you know, they had a, a card scheduled. This card was originally scheduled for March in Brooklyn, was canceled or postponed. Then they were going to do it out here in California on a Native American reservation. That got canceled, and uh, and then we were talking about Fight Island, which I still think we need to do, and uh, but uh, <laughs> Private Island that didn't happen. But finally, Florida opened up, made uh, you know sports an essential industry, and uh, in Jacksonville Saturday night UFC 249, um, great card. It was very interesting. Joe and I actually did a, a live stream on YouTube with our friend. Shane Faison, who who has uh, the Fight Tips YouTube channel, and uh, and also with um, Vince the Anomaly Cachero, who's a who's a professional MMA fighter, and uh, and it was a lot of fun. It was a great it was a great event, really interesting. And Joe, since you've been very quiet, I wanted you to take the first shot at this. Like, what were your takeaways about the event, considering the the changes and the environment? Well, the one thing I noticed. First, like, I mean, the, the event was sick. It was such a great card. The undercard was amazing. I know you guys didn't watch it, but I'm still an undercard watcher. But what really was interesting to me is you could hear. I was watching my children at the time, Joe. So, okay. <laughs> I, I well, I, well, yeah, me going. and my children were watching the fight. I was showing the move. You know, we did all that. But one thing that I, I thought really stood out was how you could hear the punches landing. 
I thought that was so interesting because you don't have a crowd and you could hear like the force behind punches and it, it to me it felt more powerful when you could hear these things landing you know jaws getting busted open it was it was an amazing I, I love that card I watch it over and over already nice yeah I mean it was obviously you think about what went into it I know Dana White said that they tested about 1100 they, they conducted 1100 tests for COVID um, and one positive which when you think about it that's that's great I mean you you would you would think that that something's going to come up we're going to get a positive but to only have one out of 1100 is great they caught it uh, you know um, Jacare uh, Souza the fighter he he was taken off the court, obviously, uh, off the card, obviously. He was he was you know got medical attention, quarantined, the whole deal, and uh, and the rest of the event went off really you know without a hitch. Obviously, like Joe mentioned, no fans. It was just very, it was just a very unique. It was almost if you watched the 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 Ultimate, the Ultimate Fighter, Fighter with yeah. some of those fights where it's a smaller. I mean, it's a smaller. It's in a gym setting. You've got, uh, you know, just the teams and the teammates there, and it's just not the big crowd. But one of the things for me that was just really interesting was just, yes, that you could hear, but it almost was like without the crowd reaction. And the one for me was the Naganu-Rosenstruck fight, where it was just, I mean, Naganu hit him with a left hand that just, he, he was out cold, and, in, and it was, a you know, inside of a minute. And it was watching... You know this 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 knockout without the without the you know the fans would have been it would have been such a big reaction but without the fan reaction it felt like it just felt kind of like it gave me like a bad feeling it's like almost kind know, of eerie imagine, right yeah like I mean, yeah, like yeah. like imagine like imagine you know and and you know I've I've seen this and it's not like imagine watching somebody get knocked out on the street you know. Like it's not, and it just had that that more of that kind of feel. Whereas if the fans are going crazy, and it's like a you know you're not so focused on you're focused on the energy of the crowd and the, the fighters celebrating. You're not so focused on the guy who just got you know concussed and knocked out cold. And it, it for me, it just felt different. Like it just had a different hmm. feeling. Yeah, I can see that. And uh, and it was just you know it was interesting to to see how that played out and. And uh, but I agree. Like to hear to hear the coaches and yeah, that and was cool. Punches landing and and listening to the instructions and you know and even so so Greg Hardy, former NFL player Greg Hardy, who who was on the first fight on the card, actually won his fight, won a won a decision, and he said he could hear Daniel Cormier, who was one of the one of the broadcasters. Yeah, yeah. he said he could hear his instructions in terms of what you know he was getting hit with leg kicks, low kicks early. And he could hear his instructions. And he actually, he actually, instead of checking the low kick, he actually pulled his leg back and it ended up, it ended up, the, the kick ended up hitting on his shin and he, and he hurt, um, he broke his toe, you right? know, yeah. broke his toe. And that actually, changed, that actually impacted the fight. Changed so the whole was, fight. It was very, Deca- yeah, DeCastro broke his toe on that, on that low kick. And it actually changed the whole fight because he was really, he was using it as an effective technique up until that point. That was another and, cool uh, thing. I, I loved listening to the, like hearing the, being able to hear the coaches. It, it really felt very personal. Like you could hear the coaches saying, yeah, it, it was, it was cool. And then obviously the, the, you know, the two, the two co-main events, uh, Henry Cejudo, um, 
you know, winning that fight. And I know there was some question about the stoppage. Um, you know, Joe didn't like the stoppage. I thought it was justified. Uh, you know, Dominic Cruz, he hit Cruz with a, with a, a real flush knee right on the chin. Cruz went down. He was working his way. He looked like he was trying to work his way up to his hands and knees and trying to get in, but he was taking punches. He wasn't covering up. I thought the referee, um, you know, I thought in that instance, in the heat of the moment, you're, you're going to lean towards fighter safety. And, uh, and I thought that was, that was the right call. Um, Cejudo looked great. Uh, and then Cejudo looked really, really did. good. He really did. And then he announced his retirement. And then, so yeah. we don't know if that, what that means. You know, maybe he's, maybe that's a, some, you know, a negotiating ploy with the, with the, the uh, you know, UFC and trying to get more money because obviously he, he felt that he hasn't gotten the, you know, the attention and the marketing that many other fighters. But naturally, when you talk about a guy that's fighting in, in, Featherweight and bantamweight, those weight classes don't get a lot of attention. So, you know, very technically skilled. Um, and if you want to watch technical fighters, you know, and really good technical fights, the lower weight classes tend to bring that, but they just don't get the attention that, you know, even, even like the lightweight at 155 and, and, and then beyond that get. So, um, that was interesting. And then the main event with Tony Ferguson and, and Justin Gaethje, what a fight. And, and obviously Gaethje, you know, I, I thought Ferguson had more had more weapons. I thought he had the, you know, he had more in his arsenal to win that fight. But Gaethje, we knew Gaethje was tough, and that he was gonna he was gonna stand in there and throw. And and he just, but he had a great game plan. This this is not the Justin Gaethje that we saw in his first couple of UFC fights. He's learned now that that not getting hit is a pretty good. It's, it's a very good strategy, and uh, and he's incorporated that. And he did get. He did get dropped at the end of the second down, and I think he would have been interesting to see if that had happened with you know two minutes left in the round versus five seconds. Yeah. Um, but but he he hit Tony Ferguson with everything but the kitchen sink, and Tony Ferguson like literally he he he's a zombie. Like he could be an extra in The Walking Dead. Like that he dude, took every shot yeah. he takes, licks, he took every bro. shot and came forward. Nonstop. And finally, in that stoppage, I think that stoppage was Herb Dean. Look, after Big John McCarthy and Herb Dean are the two best referees in MMA history, like in my opinion. And Herb Dean stopped the fight. Ferguson obviously was still on his feet, but he, I haven't seen a fight like that where a guy takes a punch and shakes, like shakes his head. Yes. Like he's literally, they always talk about, you know, shake the cobweb. Like it, I've never seen it, it visually like that. Where it's like somebody, poured, yeah, like someone poured an ice chest over his head. And he just shook, yeah, like, dude. And he just shook his head like he was trying to get his senses back. Yeah. And he backed away towards the cage and kind of almost tried to run. And, you know, I think Herb Dean was justified in stopping it. And, uh, you know, he was going to lose a decision anyway. He wasn't going to knock Gagey out at that point or submit him. Um, he just didn't have it at that point. And, uh, and I thought it was a good stoppage. And you just, you don't want to see, you know, those referees, you talk about NFL and basketball and other sports, um, they're, they're first responders in a way, and they do protect the players. But when you talk about an MMA or a boxing referee, um, you know, that, that truly can be life and death. And that is a very difficult position to be in. And I think you're always going to lean towards protecting the fighter. I, didn't, I did not dislike that stoppage. I mean, Ferguson was getting just murked bro he was getting yeah. beat up like i i think the weight the double weight cut had a huge impact on him and he'll never admit it because he's just a like you said he's just a zombie but 
he he didn't look great, and but Gagey looked amazing, much better than I've ever seen him. Head movement was great, accuracy was on point. Um, yeah, hell of a fight. He looked man. good, really good fight. He I'm bummed good, that we're not we're probably not going to see, you know, uh, Ferguson Khabib, but you know that's how it goes. But I think overall, the, just the I think the impact that will have to say that we can have a professional sporting event. There's testing in place. Um, I think it's a positive, and we can build on that. So, so transition a little bit, Travis. What 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 can we expect coming up in terms? Yeah, of you sports? got more. Yeah, you have more UFC coming up later this week. Uh, there was there three events in the eight days. You got May 13th and 16th. You got a couple couple uh, matches. Coming up, you got MLB had an interesting conference call today, um, talking about their return and, and, and there's going to be a proposal that the owners um, have now submitted to the uh, NFL or sorry the MLB um, Players Association. And that entailed there was a there was a Ken Rosenthal article about that talking about what what could be what could be um, discussed. They haven't really given any details or hasn't leaked out yet. But it could be like an approximate 80-game season to start in early July um, in, in a regionalized um, format, meaning that teams would play within their division, they play their um, division opponents, and then also non-division opponents in the uh, geographical area, kind of like the AF or the AL East would play the NL East. So you could see some Mets and Yankees um, series. So that would be yeah. kind of cool. Um, all of yeah. this is obviously um, unpredictable with with COVID-19 and um, with the schedule could change in progress. So it's, it was like a 78 to 82 games. One of the, one of the things that Rosenthal had put out there was potentially four, three game series with division opponents and then three, two game series against non-division opponents. So it, it'd yeah. be interesting. Yeah. I think I, you know, I think the biggest roadblock right now, um, between the union and the league is going to be how the revenue is split. Cause I know the, the, the league is going to present or they, they had, they had decided upon a, a proposal for the ML, the MLBPA is um, in that where they would split the revenue. So whatever the revenue is, it would be split 50% between the league and the, um, the players and, uh, and the players, they're not going to go for that because the way they view that, they look at that as like a, a hard salary cap. And where, where the league is saying, no, this is, we don't know what the revenue is going to be, but we're going to split it 50 50. And if it's, you know, if we do get additional revenue, because I think baseball is a sport that is more reliant on the gate um, mm-hmm. and the fans, you know, because you have, you know, you have so many more games and you have so many, you know, more opportunities for that live gate where, whereas football, you know, it's, it's more TV driven in terms of the money where you don't have, you know, you have eight home games, regular season, two two preseason games. Maybe you get a postseason game or two, versus you know eighty one home games in baseball, including all the spring training stuff. So, I think that's going to be one of the roadblocks. But uh, you know, it's good to hear that they're at least talking about it since it's starting in July, and uh, and we can get a baseball season in. That would be uh, that would be you know best of the situation right now. Um, what about NASCAR, Travis? What what, what do we have up to date on that? Yeah, we're set to return May 17th with uh, the race at Darlington. So, so that's great. I know Fox is fired up about that, ready to get get that back on the air. And I'm sure that'll do huge numbers with, with all the NASCAR fans. Um, you mentioned the Bundesliga and, and that coming back May 16th. Um, EPL, English Premier League, 
they may be able to resume closed, to- closed uh, doors June 1st. Uh, Brady Mickelson versus Manning Woods. This, uh, this has been given a date now. It'll be May 24th. Um, we've got televised on TNT. We'll be on at uh, 2 Eastern and 12 Mountain, Dean. I don't know 12 Mountain. I, I <laughs> guess, like, I don't... Like, I like all those guys. I'm not excited about that. I, I, I'm not, I don't, the idea of these four guys playing golf and they're in their little, you know, their, their witty comebacks and making fun of each other. I, it just doesn't interest me. And their cashmere, their cashmere sweaters. The first one. I did not watch the first one. The Mickelson Woods. I didn't either. And, and adding Brady and Manning in there, I guess. I'm uh, sure there'll be some funny stuff. I'm Peyton's hilarious. Tom Brady has a good sense of humor. Um, you know, Miggleton's funny. I think Tiger has a good sense of humor. He just doesn't show it all that much, but I, I don't know. It's, I mean, I remember, I'm sure it'd be a fun event, but remember Brady and Johnny drama on entourage. Like that was pretty funny when he broke his driver. Yeah, that's that was right. Good. That's right. They should reenact. Yeah, there that. won't be any fans there. They'd all be in their own cart. It, 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 it can be interesting. And then NHL NBA, um, you know, the NHL, yeah. I think not, not much. Um, not much is, I haven't heard much on hockey, um, which, yeah, the updates are supposed to come out Mondays. And, and as of this recording, I, I hadn't heard anything new on NHL. Um, NBA though has, has gotten some interest, interesting things that came out there. Well, they're saying, I mean, and, I mean, I know Adam Silver's telling, you know, they, they're, it was reported that he was telling players to be prepared to play next season without fans. Um, that's interesting. And, you know, I, basketball without, you know, because basketball is, is one of the sports that I really feel like home court advantage is, is, you know, if you look at the numbers, that's a real thing. And without fans, I wonder how that's going to impact those players. Thinking about no fans at the UFC, like no fans in a basketball game, it would be insane. You would hear everything that those guys are saying on the court to each other. And you can hear, you can hear that. You think about like Charles Barkley and a guy who was known for for trash talking. Like to be able to hear what he was saying on the court would would be insane. Like I don't know. Well, I wonder if they would. I wonder. Yeah. Saying. I wonder if they would if they would tone it down because they you know, have to. some of that stuff would probably not be you know would not be good for you know for you know kids or young audience whatever it is. Um, and, uh, you know, any sport, when you start talking about trash talking, it's not just... He doesn't put it on cable TV, right? On late night yeah. cable TV. Dean, don't you, aren't you a floor seat guy? So you probably hear it all the time, right? <laughs> At the floor seat? Aren't you a floor seat, a floor seat guy? Oh, floor seat. Floor seat. No, I'm not. I've never sat, I've never sat, a, a, you know, the closest I've been was maybe like three, four rows back, but I've never been on the, on the floor. What? One get, day, maybe. Get your agent on one, the phone right day. now. I'm going to talk to him. One day. Before we go to break, <laughs> I want to give an update on on the, C, the CBPL um, or the CPPL, <laughs> okay, the Chinese Professional Baseball League. So as of, as of Monday, here are the standards, okay? And I don't remember who which team picked who picked who, but we're going to have to remind me. So in first place, the Rakuten Monkeys. They're I think 14, I had the monkeys. You had the monkeys, the 14 yeah. and 4. The China Trust brothers are are 9 and 11. Scott the had Bomb them. The Guardians are 8 and 11. And the Uni Lions are 8 and 13. I had the Lions. So it, look, 
Yeah, the Lions. I have the okay, Lions. so it looks like the the Rakuten Monkeys um, are are starting to put some put some distance between them and and the Chinese Trust Brothers. So that's where we are there. And they well, did fans, right? Speaking of putting yeah, speaking of putting distance between people, they're starting uh, to let fans go to those games. But they have to sit like a few feet apart. And uh, and, they, and I think it was up to a thousand. They were allowed to have a thousand fans at the game. Nice. And, and the initial the initial report was that they wanted two hundred fans, but then they upped it to a thousand. So they they opened it up to more than they initially wanted. All right, cool. that's a that's a positive note. All right, let's go to break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about who's the best player to wear number thirty five. Um, we'll do our last dance, blah, 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 update, and uh, and we'll talk. Joe's going to teach me something after the break. Next on Good Call. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we're back. Good call. And we started this thing two weeks ago, and, and it was episode 34. We had this discussion about who's the best player to wear jersey number 34 across all sports. And, uh, and we, 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 picked, we each picked a player, and we debated. Um, Twitter chimed in, and we came up with Shaq. So Shaq was the best 34. Last week, we talked about the best player to wear number 35. We added a qualifier that said he had to wear 35 for at least half of his career. We came up with four names, Frank Thomas, Tony Esposito, Justin Verlander, and Kevin Durant. So Twitter, um, the Twitter vote came out, Kevin Durant at 37%, Frank Thomas 31%, Justin Verlander 22%, Tony Esposito 10%. So I just did some research, and I'll break it down real quick. Um, so Frank Thomas, 1990 to 2008, career numbers, 301 hitter, 20, 2,468 hits, 521 home runs. 
He's only one of nine players to hit 300 in their career and also have 500 home runs. Guys like Babe Ruth, Louis Mays, Hank Aaron more recently, Manny Ramirez, and Albert Poole. Um, 1,704 RBIs. He was 47th in total bases for his career, 20th in home runs, 25th in RBI. Um, All-star five times. Was an MVP back-to-back seasons, 93-94. Silver Slugger four times, which is the best offensive player at each position. Won the batting title one time. Um, number retired by the White Sox, number 35. He was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, did win a World Series with the White Sox in 2005, but was not on the postseason roster due to injury. Um, on the downside, was a DH after the 1990-97 season, so did play um, over half of his career as, as a DH. And uh, this interesting stat about Frank Thomas, he never had a sacrifice bunt in his career. Huh. So the, the, the big hurt never, it wasn't, it was always a big hurt. It was never a little hurt. So he always. <laughs> He's definitely a big dude. A like, yes, I've seen him in, stu- in the studio. He's a big dude. Like, he's, he's a, a and he's, he's huge. And you know he's on. He's doing the the eugenics, so he, that's how he stays <laughs> definitely stays so so fit and and virile. So Didn't have those low T um, levels. You know what I think of. You know what I think about Frank Thomas. I think he <laughs> had. The, I think Frank Thomas had the sweetest stroke for a right-handed hitter. He had a really beautiful swing for a right-handed hitter. Usually they say the left-handed well, hitters they that. look nicer. Big Hurt had a beautiful swing. Well, he had that unorthodox swing where he lifted his right foot off the ground when he hit. It just yes. seems like he wouldn't be able to generate much power, and he did. Good call, Trav. He, um, yeah, no, he's uh, he's obviously, and, and when you think about, and we'll come back to we'll come back to him. I just want to give the kind of their their resume. Tony Esposito, not maybe not a lot of people know who Tony Esposito is. Played was a, was a goalie for um, in the NHL. With the Chicago Blackhawks, 1967 to 1984, longest career of the four. Um, rookie year, had an unbelievable rookie year. He won the Calder Trophy, which is for the best rookie. Won the Vezina Trophy, which is for the best goalie. Had 15 shutouts, which is still the modern-day record, and they won the Stanley Cup in 69-70. Um, NHL first team three times, second team twice. Vezina Trophy three times, All-Star six times. Um, named to the uh, NHL's 100th grade hundred greatest players. He's in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Tenth on the all time wins list with four hundred twenty-three. Ninth in games played, eight hundred and eighty-six. Seventy-six shutouts, which is eleventh all time. Number thirty-five retired by the Blackhawks. Um and uh, and he did win that Stanley Cup in 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 nineteen sixty nine seventy. Um so that's Tony Esposito. So number thirty five and one of the things about Tony Esposito is he was the first goalie to wear thirty five and because Tony Esposito was so good, that became a, a kind of one of the it numbers for goalies. Guys like Tom Barrasso and some others were wearing 35 after Tony. And Tony Tony uh, Esposito's nickname was Tony O because he had so many shutouts. So nice. Um, next guy was Justin Verlander, 2005 to the present. This this is uh, the first guy that we've had as a present player. Um, 225 wins, which is 70th on the all-time list. 3.33 ERA, which which is not is not high on the list in terms of career, but playing in the American League in, in, in today's day and age, that's a good number. Um, I even went a little, you know, analytics. 46 in adjusted ERA, um, which is 129 for all the analytic geeks out there. Um, I'm more of a Joe and I have had this conversation. I, I think WAR is it's subjective. I think. 
anybody could say, oh, he had a great war. Well, well, I'm not a, I'm not a big, like whatever you want to call it, these new statistics, but I did, I did put it in adjusted ERA, which takes into consideration external factors like ballparks and opponents. He is 46, um, all time. Um, 3,006 strikeouts. That is a, when you think about pitchers, 3,000 strikeouts is a milestone 18th on the all time list. Eight all star games. One time, a, a all MLB team, World Series champ in 2017, but that doesn't count because the Astros cheated. Um, <laughs> AL MVP won two Cy Youngs, one triple crown, which would be um, triple crown for pitchers is what? Win, strikeouts, and whip, I guess. Um, rookie of the year, won, led the league and win three times. ERA won, led the league in strikeouts five times, and he had three no-hitters. Um, and then lastly, Kevin Durant. So Kevin Durant, um, 2007 to the present, won an MVP once, finals MVP twice, all-star 10 times, all-NBA first team six times, second team three times, rookie of the year, scoring champ four times. He has 22,940 points. That's good for 31st career. And that's ahead of guys like Clyde Drexler, Gary Payton, and Larry Bird. And he's eighth in player efficiency rating, which um, player efficiency rating is another kind of new, new school stat that uh, that takes all of a player's positive accomplishments and subtracts their negative accomplishments and returns a per minute rating of the player's performance. So he's eighth all time, and guys like Michael Jordan and LeBron and and, uh, and um, others are ahead of him, but he's uh, he's obviously up there. So that's that's their resume. Anybody we can eliminate off the off the top. Those are those are all really good. I think you have to take. I think you have to take the current player out at this point. KD Verlander does have great numbers, but I I don't know. They're all really great. Like the numbers are are amazing. Do you want to take KD out of the mix? I think okay. So let's say of these four. Let's let's ask this question: Was was he ever considered the best player in his sport? During his career, who? Okay, Kevin so, Durant. So Frank Thomas. So Frank Thomas. No. Was Frank Thomas ever? And, and I think Frank Thomas, although ninety three and ninety four, he won back to back AL MVPs. But he was playing like you had Barry Bonds, you had guys like you know who were also playing at that time, Kirby Puckett, who probably he was in the same he was in the same conversation, but he wasn't head and shoulders above. Um, Tony That's an way to put it. So yeah, I, I don't think so on on Frank. Tony Esposito, and I know we have to dig into like in terms of NHL goalies, but he was a guy, especially early in his career, that was kind of a like this new wave of, of goalie, um, and and he probably was considered at one time one of the best goalies. I don't think he was head and shoulders above, um, you know, where it was like a, a Wayne Gretzky type or Mario Lemieux type. Um, so I don't think Tony Esposito fits that category either. Verlander did he wear the Jason mask though? Esposito, I'm I'd have to see. <laughs> That's a good I mean, question. He wore like those were the goalies. <laughs> those were the goalies. He actually um, the mask. The mask that he wore. I'm gonna have to look it up. He did wear because those are the goal. The, the mask that they would they were kind of elaborate. Um, like the designs, but it did look like a Jason mask. Yeah, he did actually. Tony Esposito had the had the Jason mask. You know what, nice. Travis? I gotta give you props. Thirty six episodes in, 
Great question. Finally one. Nice <laughs> Finally a good question. Good job. He he did wear the goalie mask. So so we're gonna give him we're gonna give him credit for that. Um <laughs> you know, you think about Verlander, I don't think he's ever been he's always been in the conversation, but when you talk about, you know, other pitchers that have pitched in the same time like Kershaw and and, and some of the other guys, I don't think Verlander's been head and shoulders above anybody. Um and then you get down to Durant and Durant, you know, I think Durant has been in the conversation. I think there was a point where when, when, when Golden State won that, that title, that first title with him and, and beat LeBron, I think people were saying Kevin Durant was the best player on the planet. Yeah, there's I, definitely an argument for that. I think you could definitely make that, that argument. Durant is a monster. He's so, he's, I mean, he's, he's what, 6'11? He, he shoots threes and he can get up and down the court. He plays defense. He's, he's pretty incredible. Just the size, just amazing. Dude, so I, to me, to me, I think I'm eliminating Esposito and Verlander, and it's between Frank Thomas and Durant. All right. Well, we okay. voting or I can get how on board we doing that. this? What's that? We voting? How are we? How are yeah, we? we're voting. I'm going Durant. Well, that's who I'm. I, I'm going to. I'll vote. Everybody vote. Okay, so Travis. I'm. I'm vote. Durant. You're saying Durant is, is the best, is the, is the guy? Yes. I'm going Frank Thomas on this one. Yeah, I'm torn because I think Durant, especially with the injury, I think Durant will eventually, you know, I think four or five more years, I think as he starts to climb the ladder in terms of history and accomplishments against guys like Michael Jordan and, and, and Magic and Kareem and those types I think Durant will eventually be there, but I think right now in his career, I think I got to go Frank Thomas. And he's got the best nickname out of all the guys, and that's that's part of it. So Frank no, Thomas, no, Travis, you have the best nickname. <laughs> yeah, I'm not in the Hall of Fame. All right, best best player to wear 36. Let's let's just set it up. Let's pick let's pick four. I feel like this is I a no brainer. No brainer. Well, I think Jerome Bettis. Obviously, be that was one I have without question. But without question, and then, then you throw in the other guy who did it. played twenty two years, three hundred fourteen wins. Gaylord Perry. Gaylord Perry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think Dude, Bettis, dude, Bettis was a he was a machine, and I met him Super Bowl forty nine. Nicest dude, like coolest guy. Thank you for the tickets, Dean. <laughs> Hey, I, I found an interesting one who also wore 36. Shaq wore 36 for the Celtics, guys. No, that doesn't count. That, that one Shaq's count. off the board. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think he played many games there, though. Well, I'm going to go. So I, I, I agree, Bettis. Who, who, who did we just say? Who was the other guy? Gaylord Perry. Gaylord Perry. Um, I think a guy, so and I want to make sure he wore 36. I think he did. Because this is a guy, I mean, not a lot of people are going to, not a lot of current people. Uh, no. I'm thinking of somebody else. I'm thinking Marion Motley, but he wore 76. 36 wasn't all that popular. Yeah, it wasn't was a big, up. yeah, I, I agree. Well, we got to come up with two more. Even if we got to throw in like a Rasheed Wallace or something, right. Rasheed wore he wore thirty a lot of his 
his career, and he's also worth 36. All right, let's see here. All right, well, I'm we'll, Googling let, we'll, we'll come. Robert Hubbard? I don't even know who that is. <laughs> now we're just gra- now we're just grabbing names. Robin Robin Roberts. Who? Robin Roberts? Maybe he is a pitcher years ago. Come on, man! This is the the bus gets this one. Like, let's, this is, there are some that are gimmies. I don't think we even need to have a, a yeah. yeah. I don't think like if we went backwards the in the show, it's like you go to twenty three and you just you know who gets that one. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna give it. We're gonna give it to Jerome. Okay. That's an obvious. No, it's just so obvious. Okay. All right. So let's uh, let's move on. Last dance. I don't know. Did you guys watch what's happening? I, I haven't watched it. I haven't watched he's, it yet. He's watched. I haven't watched it either. I, I don't have time for it. Like it was exciting the first couple of weeks, and then and I just I, I fell off. I don't have two hours on a Sunday night. All I know is my man Patrick Ewing said in an interview that he is not watching it. And he, like me, is not watching it for that reason. He does not want to relive that crap over again. We all get I it. Michael, I instantly thought of you. Michael Jordan was was an amazing basketball player, but I think what I think and, and Scott actually said this. Scott, who, who's been on the podcast, he I think he summarized it really well. He said he said a lot of people think Michael Jordan was so great because he was an asshole, right? Like he was so driven that that caused him to push people and to be like, and and to not be the nice guy, but the way Scott presented it. And I agree is that they're not mutually exclusive, right? He's, he was a great player, but he was also an asshole. And, And it's not because he was an asshole that he was so great. So that's my take. Michael Jordan was an asshole, great player. And, you know, he beat the Knicks. So that's, I'm kind of biased. Joe, you you're uh you know about some gambling. Did, did Jordan have a gambling issue? He said he didn't have a gambling problem. So I I, I just think it's how you define a gambling about. problem. I I think what they talked about yeah. on the show. Hey, look, like ten grand to Michael Jordan is like dropping a hundred bucks Nothing. to me. I don't I don't have a gambling yeah. problem, but I'll lose a hundred bucks here and there. No big deal. Jordan right. drops ten G's. It's not a big deal. The guy's a, probably a billionaire by now. Yeah, if you're gambling away your, you know, all your 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 wealth and your family, you know, your family, you lose yeah, your house. Yeah, you lose, that's a gambling problem. But I did love his um, response. He, he said, "I don't have a gambling problem. I have a competition problem." And I feel like, you know, <laughs> I get that. I totally get oh, that. Oh, it's the same thing. Because oh, I'm out here doing. Like, I'm, listen, yeah. I'm out here doing cartwheel contests on the sand today. Because I just want to win. You know, you and Michael Jordan. That's what you have. And but you did say that. Travis, you said ESPN now, you're going to move up some of the release of some of these documentaries like Lance Armstrong and Bruce Lee and some others? Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to know what, and, and the other one that they, they mentioned was McGuire Sosa in the uh, the battle for the home run. I mean, those are all interesting. I mean, this is, right? but I guess, I guess like what I'd want to know is obviously the, the, this is, you know, Phil Jackson and they, they filmed this knowing that they would, they would, hopefully win a title and they would be able to air this at some point is, are these going to be, these documentaries going to be more of the documentaries that we're used to where it's done kind of after the fact. And we're just kind of going back and reliving this or, or how it's going to be done. Because obviously fascinating stories. You talk about Lance Armstrong, Bruce Lee, McGuire Sosa. Like I remember that, you know, the McGuire Sosa. I mean, you want to talk about baseball being the thing during those times, I mean, that was like, I was watching Cardinals games and I was watching 
you know, Giants games to see if they were going to, or and Sosa Cubs games to see if Bob right. or Sosa McGuire were going to hit a home run. Um, uh-huh. And I'm a Dodger fan. That it was, was a just, really cool time. That was definitely it, a cool It was a cool time, regardless of whether they were juicing or what. But it, it was, you know, people were, it was part of the national conversation, whereas baseball yeah. hasn't, you know, hasn't been that way, you know, at least for the right reasons, um, all that often recently. Listen, if I'm the commissioner, I'm sending juice to all these cats right now. Just let's get this thing back up. Yo, here's some tests. Here's some DECA. Let's do this thing, man. Here's some cream, clear, whatever. What do you need? The baseballs. I mean, Verlander was very adamant that they were juicing the baseballs, um, and uh, and he was he was you know I'm pretty annoyed about it. So. Because obviously, you know, chicks dig the home runs. They I was just going to say, you, you guys remember the big unit commercial where he was taking batting practice, Randy Johnson. And yeah. he's like, dig the long ball. That was a, was a great campaign. Chicks dig the long chicks ball. Chicks do dig the long ball. Um, yeah, but all those I'd be interested in watching. I mean, I think the, you know, the 30 for 30s are so well done. I, I still, honestly, the best, the best sports-related documentary that I've seen, um, and I know it's not, it's, it's not necessarily traditional sports, but the, the HBO special that they did on Andre the Giant was unbelievable. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like, I'll, I'll rewatch that every once in a while, and, and that was like... Bro, did oh, you see the last I video think, Tyson posted, by the way? Like, choke, change the subject, but did you see him? Wait, like, a, I'm having a moment about Andre the Giant, and then you're going to Tyson video? I was going to I was gonna talk about how he's larger than life. And well, yeah, but, yeah I'll tell, I'll tell you, you know what, Dean? I'll, I'll t- Dean, I'll tell you what it is. Andre the Giant wasn't a real fighter. Tyson was, and he's um, he's 53, and he's still a monster. I I would take in in his prime. I take Andre the Giant over over Mike Tyson. That's so silly, dude. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> I'm just saying. You say he's not a real fighter. He's not a real fighter. I'll Mike Tyson Andre would hit him with fight. one kidney shot, and he'd be dead. Like that big you, old like. Are you kidding me? Are you joking right now? On, if he gets his hands on you, it would never happen. Hey, did, you, did you see? If he gets his mitts bride, on him. Did you see Prince's bride? He was throwing boulders at people. I'm just going to tell you, I'm not going to edit this. Like, you sound so ridiculous right now. I'm not going to edit this out. I'm going to post Andre, it. Andre the Giant would beat, I will put it out on Twitter, in their prime, Andre the Giant would beat Mike Tyson. Bro, Tyson would kill, like, he could thigh punch him. Andre like, Ferguson the was throwing giant. the thigh punches on Saturday. Tyson would throw a left Andre hook to Andre's thigh and put him beat. down. He's Andre the Giant, okay? He lost Another to Hulk Hogan. No, uh, it was, that was a fix. Oh, Come it's on. fixed now. Now WWF is fixed. <laughs> no, watch, watch the, watch the documentary. I've watched it, bro. Andre, Tyson, Andre, let him win. Go to Andre his, go to Tyson's yes. Instagram Mike today. Tyson Monster. Great. Mike Tyson looks great. He looks. Didn't Vander Holyfield put some stuff out there too? He's and, ready to. He's ready and, to and get back. Holy in the- and Holyfield would beat Tyson again, like he did, like he did twice. So Mike Tyson looks amazing. He looks like a beast. I actually love Mike Tyson, but Andre the Giant is Andre the Giant. Dude, I watch Sorry. his Instagrams and I just get fired up. I go outside, hit the bag, and I feel like I'm go doing exactly bag. what well, he's why doing. Why don't you go? Why don't you go? Why don't you go hit the bag now? And Travis and I will wrap up. All right, all right. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Does that mean he's going to stop the recording? (laughs) But no, I do need you, Joe, because before we wrap up, I need you to teach me TikTok because I got a TikTok account. 
Oh, you and do. I don't know. I want to do like movie scenes, and I don't know how to do it. So you're gonna to have to teach me that. Yeah, like, I, I don't. How does it work? How does TikTok work? So, I go on the video. Like I'll go on TikTok right now. Okay, I'm going on TikTok. And you act like I'm 16 it, years old. You act. Like, you act like it sometimes. Okay, so <laughs> like when your husband. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so here's how here's how TikTok I believe is how TikTok that works. just came up on TikTok. I don't. So no, so you have to find you have to find one. Like the way that I've seen it done is you find another person doing the video you want to do, and then you could like record over theirs. That's why you see the same videos over and over and over on TikTok. It's the same thing. You just like do what they're doing. Oh, because it's the same. Yeah, because I'm trying to get like movie quotes. And I see people doing movie quotes and they're yeah. at, at, like acting it out, and I don't know where to get the movie quotes from on TikTok, other than play the movie on my TV and then and do then do the video. You know what? Let's like, so let's was maybe save, like let's, an in-app thing. Okay, let's save this for episode thirty-seven. I will. I'll research it. Okay. Because I'm pretty okay. sure you like I could figure that out. Because I know I know some okay. some I got some friends who are young, and they'll be able to help me out with this. Okay. Cool. <laughs> All right, and so the other thing, I don't know if it's COVID or what, but I got I got an apology the other day. So, oh man, when you sent that to me, I was dying. So this was a tweet from, um, and I don't know if it's his real name, but his Twitter account is Stevie Wonder. And on on November twenty, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's not his real name, Dean. I know, I know, but I'm just saying. Maybe. It could be. It's not that. It's not that. It's not a crazy name. It's not like Stevie Jinkalakowitz. So yeah, that he, guy. He on on November 29th, two thousand nineteen, at eleven nineteen a.m., which I can only imagine that was probably a Sunday during the NFL window. Um, Dean, Dean, I hate you so effing much. <clears throat> You're a dumb bitch. Okay, that <laughs> was that was the and then nothing. Okay. I don't respond. Like you, you can you can DM me. You can tweet me nonsense. I don't respond unless I think it's funny. That's just stupid. So I don't respond. And then you said November 29th? November 29th, two thousand nineteen. Was that? That's a Friday night. Oh, that's a Friday. Is that, so is, that is that after Thanksgiving? Maybe. What are you? What are you, Rain Man? Have, like, like, what is Travis Rain Man? Definitely a Friday. That's definitely a Friday. What's going on with you over there? <laughs> I'm looking, I'm looking at a thing called a calendar, Joe. <laughs> it was the Friday. It was the Friday after Thanksgiving. Friday Thanksgiving. So we had we had, we had early games. Yeah. So we had college games. <laughs> so then, so then this was on. When did when did I send you this? This was like Friday. Um, hey Dean, I'm sorry about what I said. I was in a rough spot. You're just doing your job, and I appreciate the work you put in. I hope you can forgive me. This is like months later. Like and it, I was actually like for a second there, I was like, wait, is this like a joke? And then I was like, kind of like touched, and I did respond. I responded, thanks for the note, apology accepted. Hope you are doing well now. Like like that to me, like it's gross. Can like, you give the Can you give the fun. dude a follow back? Um. Yeah, I guess you know what I'll follow him. You know, I have a, a confession, Dean. Joe. Dean, I've got a confession to make. What's that? I, that was me. What, this is one of your burner accounts? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But that would be funny. I'm probably going to do that next season. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not gonna, yeah. <laughs> you could probably do it. I, I get plenty of those, so it's fine. 
let's uh that's my apology that's my my hope for the world is that we'll get out of quarantine and people will be kinder and gentler i'm gonna uh, open mine up with des if, if somebody te- sends you a, a direct message that says des caught it that was me just letting you know that's you yeah that's me <laughs> great <laughs> let's bring it blandino before we go all right let's do it olive garden for lunch is aggressive dude all you can eat Dude, I'll, like I'm not a big like a big like a lunch guy, like big meals. Like I just pick throughout. Like you see me in the studio. I'm not. I don't like to eat a big meal. Like Olive Garden for lunch is very aggressive. Like it's like you go to Olive Garden for lunch, you're pretty much shot for the rest of the day. You're like, done. I don't know what you're gonna be like. I don't know what you're gonna be doing. Like you can't you can't drink after that. You can't do any kind of exercise. The only, like, Olive Garden for lunch is, like, after your Thanksgiving meal. Yeah, that's, like, like, like all, ultimate, like, what is it, unlimited breadsticks? Come on. Unlimited? Like, Olive Garden, like, I'm, like, my mom was born in Italy. I come from an Italian-American background. Like, I love Italian food. I am not mad at Olive Garden. Like, I'm not, like, oh, I can't go to Olive Garden. I'll go to Olive Garden. I but love Olive Garden. Uh, yeah, but Olive Garden at, like, noon on a Tuesday, like, that's... That's hardcore. Like that is like I think when this ends, I don't know where the nearest Olive Garden is, but we there's one by me and and there's one by me in the Fox Hills Mall. Wow, that's going to be one of our first trips, dude. Let's let's do that now. Let's book it. Let's book it. Okay, we'll go to Olive Garden for lunch. We'll go to Olive Garden for lunch, and we'll drink a couple glasses of Chardonnay. Do a couple, yeah, a couple (laughs) glasses of Chardonnay. Very, very sexual city like. And we'll go. We'll go have Olive Garden for lunch. Do it up, and then we'll see how productive we are the rest of the day. All right, let's do that. Wait, I want to one up it. Let's all throw on like double-breasted suits, slick our hair back. <laughs> right, let's go straight up. Why, now you're going. Now, now you're going to. Now, now you're getting now, racist. Now it's becoming like a discrimination. Thing. You know what, Dean? I'm I'm I'm, I'm half as much Italian as you are, so I can go here. You're We're not, double. But you're not. You're. You're, you're, I did my, my sister did her 23 and me. I haven't done it, but we're like 89% Italian and like Greek and some Turkish or something. I don't know. I don't care what the 23 and me is. I was raised in an Italian household, which makes me 100% Italian. So I'm going to double breast. I'm going to raise in a household too. Yeah, I understand. I'm going to put on a olive double breasted suit oversized and we're going to go to, (laughs) and we're going to Olive Garden. And we're going right. to do it up. I'm in. All right. I'm, in. I'm, gonna, I'm, in. I'm driving like, I'm a, and, and you know, I'm, I'm driving wear, my Cadillac I'm wear, there. I'm, oh, I'm going to wear a velour jumpsuit. Okay. That's what I'm wear. Bro, you know, I've got a velour jumpsuit because you snapped a picture of me in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're walking on road. Yo, I'm driving. I'm driving the caddy to Olive Garden with a double breasted olive suit on. It's on. All right. We'll bring Shane. We'll bring all the guests, all the friends of the show. We'll bring Scott. And we'll let Dean pay the bill. Oh, yeah. I'll, It'll be I'll, at least yeah. 70, I'll, I'll 80 bucks. Boom. Lunch is on me. All the, all the breadsticks bread you, could, you could want. Boom. That's it. Do it. This has been Good Calls with Dean Blandino. Please follow me on Twitter at Dean Blandino and Instagram at Dean.Blandino. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Rules Podcast. And be sure to rate our podcast on the iHeartRadio app and on Apple Podcasts.
Good Calls with Dean Blandino is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.